Hi, I'm Dan. I'm a photographer, father and husband. And this is the Booze Break Podcast. This is the show for people like me who find themselves stuck in a loop of drinking more often and in more quantity than they'd like. You're welcome to follow me on my journey to change my relationship with booze and explore ways in which to live a more productive, healthy, fulfilling and alcohol-free lifestyle. Welcome to the Booze Break Podcast. podcast is a diary of my journey taking a break from alcohol as well as looking into different ways to help sustain a break from the booze. We'll be going into the ups and downs as I circumnavigate my way through work, family life and social situations without the hooch. I'll be delving into the benefits of living booze free and tackling subjects such as uh, social pressure, health, identity and alcohol representation in the media. Just a quick warning, there's likely to be some choice language and adult themes peppered throughout this series, so if you're easily offended or have children within earshot, you've been forewarned. Full disclaimer up front, I'm not an expert in any of these fields. My opinions are purely based on my own experiences and a little research. I also want to make it clear that I do not judge anyone based on their relationship with alcohol. Do what you want, drink what you want. But if you're like me and want to change your relationship with booze, whether that be to stop completely, uh, take a break, or just cut down, you're welcome here. So on today's episode, I'm thrilled to share an interview I had with Luke, who's an old friend of mine. Luke's recently decided to take a booze break, and we'll be discussing how working as a chef laid the foundations for a long-time habitual drinking, his relationship with booze prior to taking a break, and how looking after his kids and wife while she's battling cancer pushed daily drinking to the curb. I'm excited to share this episode with you, so let's get straight to it. So Luke, welcome to the Booze Break Podcast. It's good to have you here. How are you? I'm good. It's nice to be on it. Awesome, mate. How's your day going so far? Good. Good. Nice day outside. Just uh, decided to rearrange one of the kids' rooms, which isn't going to plan. So this is uh, my break in between. I like it. I like it. So but, um, before we go dive into your, you know, your, your booze break uh, journey and kind of like, you know, where you're at with that yeah. and, and things, um, I'd just love to know a little bit about yourself um, first. So can you just give me like a like an introduction to who you are and what you do and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> here I am. Right, so I'm uh, 32 years old, married, three kids, uh, did have a job, recently made redundant thanks to COVID. Oh, sorry to hear that. So that's made uh, these past few weeks a bit more stressful, hence why uh, going on a bit of a bruise break. I like it. Um, yeah. Quite an active person, go running most days, things like that. Just trying to live life, to be honest. What did you do um, prior to being made redundant? Uh, work in food manufacturing. Oh yeah, so yeah, that whole that whole system's screwed, isn't it? At, at the moment, I think it's the. I imagine it's the workforce that's been hit the hardest. Yeah, well, I was working. I've been a chef for years and years and years, and actually moved into more food manufacturing. So I don't know, it's been tough, but I know. With food manufacturing, everyone needs to eat, so I'm not too worried at the moment. So I know <laughs> that's that's the theory I go on. Everyone needs to eat, so I know the job's going to be there eventually. I imagine, yeah. If you, if you're working in food, it's kind of a job for life in some respects, isn't it? Everyone needs to eat. Yeah, hundred percent. Cool. So I, I go going um, into history for a second, if you can think back. Yeah. Um, have you got an earliest memory of, of drinking? I know that's quite a tough question because it's usually pretty early, isn't it? <laughs> I reckon I was about five, you know. Yeah, really? I remember, yeah, I remember my mum giving me a little glass of wine, well, a little taste of wine once. Um, I remember it was a red wine, like very, like really, really early. Oh, wow. Um, just like, 
she told me that's what the French do or something. I, remember, I just remember it clear as day. Uh, but I, the first time I remember actually feeling possibly drunk was at a party with my dad. And I think he gave me a tropical reef. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. And I just remember this weird kind of like spacey feeling I had. Like I'd never felt it before in my life. Um, talking probably 12 years old at that point. They only had one, like, but... I think it actually, um, you know, going on to that, um, you know, I think people's first memory of having a drink is a lot more difficult to remember than the first time they got drunk. Because I think that's a big, yeah, it's a big moment in, in your life, isn't it? You know, because a bit like you, you know, I, I, I've, I'm sure I had sips of all sorts of drinks throughout my childhood. But I remember, mm. you know, I remember vividly the first time I actually, you know, remember fe- the, that feeling of oh i feel different now this is different um yeah that is kind of head your head space is totally different isn't it yeah it's it's exciting but you don't really know what's going on at the same time i remember being yeah exhilarated by the fact i'm like oh i finally i can finally connect with the people that are around me which is was probably my family um, yeah. and, and being like, I relate now, I relate to being drunk. Um, you know, even if it was like, it was a, I remember it clearly, it was on holiday in France and it was a couple of stubbies, but you know, the little, um, like French, French beers, probably quite low alcohol. And, um, yeah, I think I, I think I had about four or five. Um, and I think that was the most I'd ever drink, drank, uh, you know, uh, in one stint. I remember, you know, starting to, you know, feel that kind of, you know, that, that sensation, like you mentioned, of that kind of um, almost like dizziness, you know, giddiness about it. Mm. It's that kind of accepted into your family, wasn't it, really? That you kind of, you get to sit with your parents and enjoy something. Like I remember when we were, what, 11, 12, our parents used to like party with each other. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be upstairs playing Tony Hawks or something. But then at the end of the night, they might give you like a little sip or something, like a little tiny, tiniest bit of vodka. And it was like, oh, you're allowed into the party now after yeah, four yeah. hours or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, our, our backstory is, you know, we've been, we've we've known each other for four years. Um, <laughs> I, I, I figured it out earlier. I think it's 20 years. <laughs> goodness me. Because it would have been, it would have been, what, middle school then, do you think? Yeah. So, yeah, six, seven. Wow. Yeah. Long time. Um, Isn't it? <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, I've got I've got fun memories of you know like spending time at each other's houses and and you know again, uh, our our parents would be drinking booze. I, rem- I remember um, m- making like homebrew at your house at one stage as well. Yes, it's my I first think, experience. Yeah, Neil was making homebrew. I remember <laughs> your dad was like well, well involved. Uh, I love it. It's fun memories though, isn't it? You know, uh, it all centers around drinking, yeah, but it's, it, uh, bizarrely, it, you know, it's it, it's. It's fun memories and, uh, you know, it, it, it brings, you know, there's that connection. It brings people together. It's like coming together of people, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating top, topic. That, and you can see how it kind of gets ingrained into, into your life from such a, from such a young age because you're, you're witnessing um, your, uh, you know, the people that you look up to, your parents, um, you know, you know mm. your, your friends' parents and stuff. They're doing it you're getting to a point where you're really paying attention to what they're doing. and um, So you it, want to do it as well. Yeah, it has an effect. It, uh, yeah, absolutely fascinating. So can you talk me through your relationship with, with alcohol uh, prior to you having a booze break? Yeah, so I say historically, um, 
So I used to be a teacher as well, um, as well as a chef. But I remember when I was a teacher, I'd maybe sit down with like a couple, bottle of wine or um, just a couple of beers while I was doing marking each night. So I'd sit down at nine o'clock till twelve o'clock. I'll get that done. Um, but historically, it's come from like being a chef. You would work ten, fourteen hours a day in a high stressful environment. You just want to unwind and kind of just shut off. So every night I would pick up some beers on the way home or make sure I had some at home. I would get in. I would like, no matter what time, it could be 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. I might finish early at 11. And then I'd just get in the habit of drinking every night. And it felt weird not to drink. And then moving forward, that's just, that just became routine. It's hard when you're a chef, when you're finishing a stressful day in the kitchen and the first thing you see when you leave is a bar. And someone says, oh, do you want a drink? And it's like, well, yeah. Like, before you've gone anywhere else, it's the first thing you see. And you see people drinking, so it just becomes very, very normal to do it. Um, and then building up to this point when now where I need a booze break, it's been, obviously, this pandemic. We've been on lockdown. I wasn't able to leave the house for, well, especially for the first five weeks. And it just became monotonous and I needed and it, my drinking built up and built up and built up and it was turned into what was four cans a day into eight cans a day and my time drinking became earlier and earlier and earlier I'd then make up excuses to drink which is even more stu- like oh it's sunny today best start drinking and like literally clock watching wondering what time I could actually wake up and drink that day which is a scary thought um and it just got worse and worse and worse, to be honest. Um, and then during this time as well, um, my wife's been ill. Mm-hmm. So that was stressful. It's on the first day of lockdown. Well, no, it's the Friday. No, it's lockdown on the Monday. Friday, we found out her cancer had come back. So then she had to have surgery, quite intensive surgery. Um, so for the first five weeks, it was kind of numbing that worry and that pain and we're doing it together. Um, she's now had the surgery. Fingers crossed everything's fine, which she finds out today. Um, but prior to all of this, like, there has been times when I would just drink like to the point of nearly passing out in a way. For no reason whatsoever. It could be a Tuesday or a Wednesday, just see how drunk I could get. Like You would just make up excuses like, oh, I've worked hard today. Um, this is on my mind, this is worrying me. And it just becomes very, very normal and quite scary at times. I, I totally, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, first of all, you know, I hope everything goes well with uh, with your wife and, and with the surgery. It's, it's something that I can't, you know, I, I can't, um, uh, I can't relate to at all. Uh, it's got to be so tough. Um, but everything other than that, I can totally relate to, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very similar situation uh to myself and i'm sure a lot of the population you know are going through or have been through a very similar um process of you know it 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 starts off somewhere gets worse and worse uh in your case um it you know the the your job role um yeah and uh i imagine a lot of chefs can associate with that as well um hundred uh, percent having worked in a in a in a restaurant before you know it's that end of the shift 
celebration almost, commiseration. Yeah, it's kind of like, well done for working today. Here's a drink. Yeah. And you, you, you know, it's a hot environment. You're, you know, you've sweated. You've, you know, you've, uh, you've, you've, you've worked your ass off the whole night um, and day. And then, you know, it's that, it's that you, you almost come together. It's almost like a bonding ritual at the end of the mm. night. Um, would you, would you agree? 100%. So you'd all sit down together and like a group of you that have two hours ago, you could have been shouting at each other, like all sorts of profanities. And then two hours later, you sat down joking, laughing, everything's fine. It's all scratched off, start again the next day. Um, but there were times when you'd be up drinking till two o'clock in the morning and then you're back in work at eight o'clock for a 14 hour shift and you're like, what am I doing? Well, yeah. how, how am I physically putting myself through this? And it, it's yeah, scary. it's and it, and it, like you know, it's well proven that you know alcohol massively affects your sleep, your productivity, um, your mood, anxiety levels, and uh, and if you're you know going through that that process of you know working very long hours, drinking, uh, you know very very quick wind downs in the evenings, just like boshing a couple of drinks, um, you know getting home more drinks. Waking up the next yeah. day, rinse and repeat. It's, it's going to take its toll after a while. Isn't it? It's going to do some like some some long term damage, not only to your health but um, your, your new mindset, and also, like I say, how, how productive you are at work. Um, yeah, definitely, it's like some mornings you'd wake up and you think, "Oh, I didn't sleep that well. My back hurts," and you realise it's actually your kidneys like mm. causing you grief, and you're like, why, I, "Why did I do that last night? There was no need for me to do it." I'm glad I'm not the only one that's that's ever experienced kidney or liver um, symptoms. <laughs> Uh, oh no, it's yeah. But I, I resonate with your story um, so much because um, I, you know it was really interesting what you said that after a while you stop needing a reason to drink. It just happened. Uh, it just became it became a part of um, it became a part of what you were doing. You, you've done it for so long um, uh, and in such quantity that you, uh, after a while it just becomes part of the norm. On a Tuesday, passing out on the sofa at whatever time uh, at, at night for no particular reason and, and um you can sort of wish away a night hmm. kind of not really knowing what you did or why you did it um you know it, you, you didn't enjoy it that much I, I certainly didn't have to you know in certain situations um it just becomes like you say part part of the norm and it, it it's that's the scary bit i think when it be, just becomes a reflex yeah because i would say like to meg i would say oh do we need some milk from the shop and we'd always laugh because we knew what that, we knew exactly what that meant. It's just meant it's, if you go in the shop, there's one thing I was going to do is pick up two bottles of wine and four cans of Stella. Like probably didn't even need milk, but the amount of times I've done that is unreal. Um, just because it would just be that normal thing to do. Totally. Like it just numbed us from whatever else was going on. It was. I always thought of it in a way as, especially recently. The only control I had is whether how drunk I could get. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I had no control over my job, no control over the pandemic, anything else. Um, and I felt it was the only thing I, like, I could tell myself when I can and can't drink. But in reality, it was the drink controlling me, mm -hmm. which is a worrying way to think about it um and it was just at times just to numb the world around me yeah it somehow it can take away 
uh, your stresses, your worries, um, and, yeah. and and thoughts within that moment, and you can be almost become internalized uh, to um, stimulus around you, uh, and you mm. you know you you get that kind of sense of okay, I can. You feel like you get a sense of focus. In actual fact, it's probably more like unfocus. You just blur to the world um, around you, and, and uh, but but again, it's 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 that uh, it's that vicious um, circle of it's always worse the next day as well. You know that 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 brief uh, relief of um, of numbing. You know that that uh, that numbing of anxiety and depression and worries. Um, just becomes worse the next day because you've you've not handled it you've not um you've not fixed a problem you've just kind of put it off and uh you know it's well documented that you know the the effects of alcohol heighten anxiety and depression long term and 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 the, you know certainly the next day you get that anxiety um of, oh let's the beer blues it's an awful thing to do and when you just fi- normally on a Sorry, go on. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just about to say when when you um, when you get to a point where you start to be concerned about your intake of alcohol, it's adding another level of anxiety because um, the, the actual yeah. the thought of how much you had to drink, how much sleep you didn't have, uh, and what effect that's had on you in the next day becomes another way that you can kind of kick yourself and and you know feel down about about the day and about your life because you know you had all these other issues that you were trying to fix with alcohol what you've done is just added one more issue um which is a daily occurrence you know of just drinking too much and but then what what comes of that as well you've got the daily occurrence of you spending quite a lot of copious amounts of money so then you're like why have i got no money and then you realize that you've drank it for no reason whatsoever yeah um like in lockdown, like talking, it was like you drink and start maybe start drinking two o'clock in the afternoon. Nice day outside, so you sat. You're not really doing anything, um, and then you drink four, or five beers, have dinner, and then you kind of reset and start again. And I ended up drinking like twelve beers. And I'm like, how have I done that? I don't even remember doing it. No. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, I've no idea. I've done that, and then you wake up, and then you kind of your body's kind of telling you you need something as well. And then I'd feel like I need it the next day to stop myself feeling bad. And that's at that point I knew something was wrong, really. I just want to take a quick break to let you guys know about my Patreon. So if you're liking the content that you're listening to uh, on the Booze Break podcast, you can actually show your support by going over to the Booze Break website, which is boozebreakpodcast.com. Right at the top there, there's a little button that says donate. You can click on there and it goes straight to my Patreon page. This is where you can actually pledge a sum per month to help support the the show and me. First of all, that's really generous and, and thank you. But also you do get um, some benefits to that as well. Different tiers that you can um, go to. There's actually this legend, warrior and godlike behemoth. With the legend tier, which is just £7.50 a month, uh, you can actually get access to new episodes before they get released on their official release dates. And uh, you can cancel this at any point. Of course, you're not tied into anything necessarily. 
with the uh, warrior tier which is 15 pounds a month you get early access to the episodes you get a, a coveted booze break sticker and access to the private facebook group for people who are on a booze break and, and want to join a community and help support each other and with you know with positivity and hints and tips and then you've got godlike behemoth which is 30 pounds a month if you donate that you're an absolute star and and i can't thank you enough with this, you get early access to episodes. You get a shout out on one of my podcasts. Uh, you get the booze break sticker. You get access to the private Facebook group. And you also get an epic booze break t-shirt as well. So any support that you guys could give would mean a huge amount to me. Uh, notoriously, podcasts don't don't earn a great deal. So any bit that you can give would, would make a huge difference. And it just keeps me motivated and, and able to be producing content and taking the time out to do research and, and put these episodes out. So I thank you. Back to the episode. How did you, um, you know, you know, if you, uh, let's say on, on, a, on a, any other Wednesday, you were, you know, let's say you had, had a few drinks the night before. Huh. Um, did you, did you consider that the next day? Would, you know, would you, would you think about, you know, the, the that that process the the night before would it would it bother you that you that you drank so much would you, would you ever have thoughts of I need to stop this or um you know why did I do that I'm not doing that tonight and then do it anyway did that ever kind of factor into your your mindset yeah I'd always tell myself oh, I'm not going to drink today but then like I say it's finding that excuse um it could it could just be like what we used to do just we'd say like oh should we go for a walk on a Sunday knowing it's going to end up at a pub. <laughs> and you're like well, well let's go for lunch and that even makes it even worse because you can go for lunch at 12 o'clock and then you've had a couple of beers and it's the middle of the day and you're like I've just made up an excuse to go out but obviously that was before yeah yeah it's it's uh, it's a tough one um, was there a eureka moment for you when it came to just you know this time stopping was, was there was there any was there a factor was it was there a different yeah. mindset <laughs> Yeah, which has probably helped me stop as easy this time as possible. Um, so Meg spent just over two weeks in hospital in London. She was coming back up, so I drove back up from my mum's house the same day. Um, and it was her first night at home. And I, dro I drove up first, and I got back, and it was a nice day, and I went, oh, I'm just going to have a beer after like a two-and-a-half-hour drive. I was tired. Um, so I sat in the garden and just had a couple of beers. Um, and then throughout the night, Meg, because I hadn't seen her, I didn't know what her baseline was of how she should feel. I came upstairs and she was like shaking, her body temperature is absolutely sky high, so I had to find the doctor. Um, nearly had to get an ambulance, but she said she didn't want to, so we didn't. Um, and then the next day, she had to go back into hospital because she had sepsis, it turned out. Oof. So she had to go back to A&E. So if it had been any other day in the past four weeks before that, I wouldn't have been able to drive. Um, now, I'd had two small beers in the day and then one with my dinner, so I think I've had three overall. Um, I could quite easily have not been able to drive. And now, I need to know 100% of the time I can drive 24-7. Because if she needs to go to hospital, I need to take her there straight away. Or if it's an ambulance comes, I need to take the kids somewhere or I need to be alert at all times. And it was at that point I realised that when she comes back from hospital this time that I need to be 100% head clear, ready to go at any point. So that's my reason this time. And it's, it makes it a lot easier knowing that it was not, say I'm not doing it for anyone else, I'm doing it for me as well. But I need to be 
ready to go all times. And I think that um, that mindset can factor into anything, can't it? You know, uh, 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 with, us both, oh, with, with us both being parents, um, you know, the, there's been situations where we've had to do a middle of the night trip to the hospital because we're not happy about how, you know, how my daughter's looking or whatever. And, um, you know, if one of us, if both of us, both of us had had a drink, uh, you know, or too much to drink um, huh. to drive, which is, you know, it, it, there's been there's been plenty of situations where thankfully, you know, we've not needed to go out, but both of us have been over the limit, um, you know, in, on an evening to, you know, because we've just had, you know, it's a Saturday night, we've had a few drinks, but, you know, if the worst happened and we needed to go to the hospital... You, there's, there's a decision to make there, isn't there, you know? And that's a horrible decision. No, 100%. So, yeah, that, that's that's what I need to do now. It's literally to make sure that I am ready. And also, like, if I have to administer any drugs or tablets or injections, I need to... I can't do that after drinking. So lockdown, lockdown's had a, um, a, a big effect on... You know how people are perceiving their their drinking because all of a sudden they've, they've been they're taking themselves out of their normal routine um and either finding that they are you know you know in this perpetual state of you know drinking where it's it's not now now it's not just about unwinding from the day because mo- a lot of people aren't working it's, it's they've got a different mentality they've got a different routine mm. but they're finding that the the alcohol kind of um, kind of stays there, uh, and like you said, the um, the the lack of exercise is starting to make a huge difference. Like you, I noticed, you know, a, a weekend to the lockdown, just at, you know, not having that usual. Even though I mean, you've been to my studio; it's not the biggest place in the no. world, but just not walking back and forth to go and get stuff from the from the kitchen or other rooms, or when I'm teaching. You know, walking around the the sort of college campus and and things like that. Uh, I I wish I had um, like a, a Fitbit at the time to sort of track my steps, yeah. but I, you know, I, easily it would have been less than half. I would have thought, and then you notice all of these um, you know these different symptoms apart from just putting on weight. But I think you start to really um, see the effects of alcohol more because of the fact that you're not kind of burning off the calories you know your liver needs exercise um to hmm. you know to, to function um you know at, at its core people aren't sleeping as well as they should be because they're having lots of drinks waking up whenever they've got you know less routine so um it's it's had a big effect on people and i, and I think it's going to be the the lockdown is going to be a big eye opener for for people and, and their drinking habits because I think a lot of people are going to get worse. And then when they go back to work uh, and get back into some level of normality, it's going to hit them hard, I think. And I think there's going to be a lot of people going down a similar route to to you and I, where they've got to make a, a serious consideration to, um, to you know, to, to re-evaluate their kind of relationship with alcohol. You've, um, we touched on, you know, what what's kind of caused uh, you to, to, to rethink your, your drinking habits and your lifestyle hmm. and your rituals. Had you made any attempts prior to this to stop drinking? You know, how effective were they, if at all? Um, yeah, we so me and Meg used to do maybe months off at a time, but I would always cave before her. Yeah, because I was chaffing and stuff at the time. So, 
leaving work and seeing all your friends drinking and it was, it was really tough and hard. Um, so I'd always kind of get through the first three days, which was always the hardest. And then I'd always reward myself on like day five or six and I'll have a drink and then really easily slip back into it. Uh, I've always, like, we've, I used to smoke years ago and quitting smoking, like, the first three days are horrendous. But if you get over three days of quitting anything, you're pretty much fine. You don't get that need and want as much as possible. Um, so I think the difference this time is I want to be in control. Mm-hmm. And I want to be in control of my drinking. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not going to drink again, but I don't want that. I don't ever want to feel that need or want to have one every single day. Yeah, it's it's about taking that control back. But that's it, really. I just want to be in control of when I do and don't drink. I don't want to have to be making up scenarios that we should go out for a meal just so I can have a drink or it's a special day today or I've worked hard. I think uh, probably reevaluate my relationship with having a drink um, and knowing that I'm in control and I'm not going to also drink myself into pretty much passing out is like a punishment to myself for no reason whatsoever which at times it was it's it's such a complex um psychological uh you know topic this this kind of mid midweek no celebration no particular reason for you know for drinking other than the fact that it's just become such a big part of your life and your habits and your routine um that you think that uh, it gets to a point where not doing it makes you feel like you're missing out you know you're missing out on something in your um in, in your life there's a there's a there's a big uh component that uh you know it's very similar to you know quitting smoking a, a bit a bit like that it's it's that that you're missing something in your hands in those particular times of day uh and getting through yeah. as you mentioned getting getting through those kind of first um days of you know real intense cravings and and kind of coming through those stronger and, and and changing your habits and your routine as uh, you know makes a big difference so you touched on the fact that you um are, are exercising more are there any other um g- kind of elements into your life any any other positive uh, things that you've kind of put in place as a result of having a booze break um well look at like we're trying to introduce a bit of a healthier diet into the household um which we have to with meg's situation anyway um so it's quite easy when you've got someone else to do it with you. Like I can imagine like doing it by yourself if someone else in the household is still drinking is you kind of fighting a losing battle straight away because you need that support around you to help you do it. I feel it definitely takes a warrior mentality, doesn't it? To, uh, you know, if, oh, if yeah. you're the only one, um, you know, I, I take my hat off to those guys that are, that are doing this on the solo. Um, I'm very, very... I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I know that I definitely couldn't do it if I knew someone else in the house was still carrying on. And I think you've both got to be in the same place uh, as well. Uh, you know, hmm. when I, whenever I've had situations where I, I've, you know, we've, we've had a chat, me and my wife, you know, in the past, we've said we really need to behave ourselves with this drinking not really giving ourselves a reason other than the fact that we need to behave ourselves we need to stop or need to slow down or need to not drink in the week so we put in these um rules with no real goal um as to why or no 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 real positive meaning other than the fact that we're punishing ourselves because we do it too much uh and then it's so much easier uh to when you know uh, one of you caves or 
um yeah. you know there's 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 that thing of like you know one of you gets back and it's like i really fancy a drink i'm sorry kate um i i really want a drink because i've had a really shit day at work or it, i'm like you know the cravings get to the point you'll make up an excuse for it and then the other person caves in but i do feel like implementing positive changes to your life having a having a very good reason why and thinking about that you know uh, in, in your situation um you know you've got you've got this um situation uh, with your wife and you need to be there and you need to be present um but you can put that onto so many other elements of your life like your kids um you know it's it's got a knock-on effect for sure um and i think think that's the thing that makes a big difference when when you're reevaluating your, you know, your relationship with alcohol is having that clear goal and mindset. This is the reason why I'm doing it and constantly reminding yourself, these are the reasons why. And, and I think that can be a lot more powerful than just punishing yourself because you do it too much. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's about knowing kind of what you want. And it, I definitely say that after six, seven days of not drinking, like you are thinking clearer, you get, you are more productive it's easy for me to say that now but to someone who is still drinking but you might be like no it's rubbish but no I, I, I feel it um, I'm, get, I'm getting lots more done I feel more positive um, and I think it's all about control and knowing what you want and having that end goal in sight because I feel I can be more productive I can do what I want now um, getting more stuff around the house done things like that not and it's, but like I say, yeah, I'm in a situation where I know Meg's not going to come back and be like, oh, let's just have a glass of wine. She's totally on board as well. So we're not going to kind of feed off each other um, and kind of weaken in that way. So I know it's a positive, strong person I can lean on. And I feel better for it and just have to keep reminding myself, really. Yeah. I, I, I do think as well, having uh, a break from alcohol has a knock-on effect on other aspects of your life and you and you begin to reevaluate not just your relationship with alcohol and your um and the sort of the health benefits around that but you you start to look at other things as well you start to evaluate like you say your weight your fitness your your mentality mental health um your relationship with your children relationship with your family with your colleagues it has this amazing positive knock-on effect on all of that stuff uh, just from one change yeah, definitely. But I would say what I did find, which I spoke to you about the other day as well, is uh, the first kind of few days, your body kind of overcompensates because it's not drinking. It's used to kind of producing like more endorphins or kind of making you feel better because you're depressing yourself with alcohol. Um, and at times, like your body is like your mind is quite erratic, and you appear to be a lot happier than possibly you are. Um, so I'd find myself going from massive highs to massive lows really quickly and that's quite exhausting yeah. for the first few days of stopping drinking because you, feel, you might think oh I feel great I really feel great um, maybe I can have a drink again and that's what's so easy where you can slip back in and actually it's your, it's your body overcompensating and it's kind of finding that middle ground between the two you know, yeah I'm up here now and I might be down there in about an hour but it's kind of knowing that it will kind of like a wave it will fizzle out it ne- along the way it neutralizes doesn't it um, yeah. and yeah. I, I think the longer you go into this uh, process and the, the, you know the longer you can 
abstain uh, from alcohol from people that I've spoken to, um, uh, you know, who, who have managed to go through this kind of process and, and have a really long hmm. um, break from alcohol. Um, they, they talk about all the stuff that you've, you've just mentioned, you know, the, you, get, you get these huge highs, huge lows. Some days you can be euphoric and want to shout it from the rooftops and other times you're white knuckling the whole experience, you know, and just trying to get through an evening. Um, but it does neutralize eventually, uh, from what I gather. Uh, I, I think I'm getting to that point now where um, everything is slightly more positive than it used to be. And it's a noticeable difference. And you you have this clearer, um, better, happier outlook on life. And you're not looking for the next thing. You know, you, you sort of... Uh, almost monk-like is the best way I can describe yeah. it. A little bit more present. It's, Just a bit more chill and in the moment. Yeah, zen. I feel. Zen. And that's, that's yeah. a nice place to be. I love it. I think it's great. Um, you can get a bit evangelical about it. I certainly do. Hmm. You know, talking to people who, um, you know, ask me questions about this and I can talk for hours about, you know, the benefits that I've felt both physically and, and mentally and in, also in my relationships and in my work. So uh, it has a huge difference, but I think it, it definitely comes down to this thing of there has to be a reason why you're doing it. There's got to be a goal. I, d I don't think just your, you know, the that thing of the doctor said I need to cut down because my no. units are too high. Um, you know, I, I, I'm noticing that I'm drinking too much. Uh, even, you know, just the fact that you don't want to feel bad anymore. For me, mm. it was never enough. There always had to be this goal of this is where I this is who I want to be when I come out of this um, situation. This this the, the, these are my new values. These are my new goals. Um, you know, for mine, it was very much a case of um, I've got a bit of an issue with my liver, which I've mentioned in previous episodes, which um, I didn't do anything about for eight months. Just carried on as normal. Mm -hmm. Cut down drinking for about two days, and eventually kind of just fizzled back in. So even a doctor telling me you are in trouble if you don't behave yourself when it comes to alcohol didn't affect me enough because it just it wasn't um it just didn't enter my sort of cognitive space you know i, I the, the thing was always in the back of my head but somehow i always managed to forget it when i was opening that bottle of wine um so you know i focused on you know who do i want to be at the end of this so i focused on some of the how i can spin this off a negative so i felt like i wasn't as engaged with my daughter as um i should have been especially yeah. in the mornings and when I came back, um, you know, from work of an evening and it sounds horrible and I hate admitting it, but I was looking forward to her going to bed so I could have a drink. And what I should have been doing was cherishing every single second that, uh, that she was awake um, because, you know, well, you know, why else am I existing other than, you know, to be a dad and, 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 and all the stuff that, that's, you know, within that. So, you know, looking at that and thinking, Jesus, that's not a healthy way to be a parent. Um, so, you know, thinking about that, but also thinking about, again, my health. I like the idea of being healthier. I don't think I've ever been as, uh, I wouldn't say unfit, but, you know, certainly at the, at the point of going on a, a booze break, I was probably potentially the biggest I'd ever been in terms of weight. Mm. I got I got joint pains and I'm thinking shit I'm 31 and I've got the body of something someone you know <laughs> either a lot older a lot unhealthier 
and uh, and it's a product of well over a decade of daily drinking you know and it's like huh. was it was it worth it was it worth all that um all that damage um but also a, a big a big part of what has helped me through it as well is setting myself selfish goals you know it's not just about my relationship with my daughter which you know is, is something we can both share and both enjoy and it's and it's and it's it's a massively positive um thing to come out of um taking a booze break but also i freed up funds freed up a lot of funds as a result of not yeah. drinking um some of it i'll be fair does it, it does go on to my um alcohol-free beer budget because i'm spending quite a lot of money on those um i sent you a couple of rep- recommendations the other day yeah. so let me know how you get on with those but um i i've always loved the idea of adventuring going on adventures and stuff i never traveled hmm. uh, you know coming out of university or anything like that so i've always had this little back it bit, bit in the back of my mind of almost this this misspent youth of, of not going and doing those things um you know when when i had the opportunity so um, one of the plans is to go on a like a bike packing trek, you know, across Europe, spend a couple of weeks uh, on my push bike and, you know, hmm. solo mission uh, uh, across some beautiful countries and just take that time to to for myself, essentially, and, and to enjoy that experience and, um, you know, create some really interesting memories about it. And that's the thing that keeps me focused as well is that fact that you know, I'm I'm looking forward to doing that with my healthier body, with my added stamina, and again that knock-on effect of stopping uh, drinking has made me reevaluate my relationship with food and my relationship with exercise. All of these are benefiting mm. and kind of helping me to achieve that goal. I'm thinking probably of doing that about if we're allowed out of the country uh, about the hundred hundred year mark. Uh, sorry, hundred day mark. Um, that that's um, that, that's my kind of my vague goal. I haven't really looked into that too much. So, have you got any? Uh, this is uh, putting you on the spot here, but have you got any kind of personal goals? You know, apart from your um, you know responsibilities at home and 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 with your wife, uh, is there is there anything you know personal and and I don't want to use the word selfish because it's, I don't think it is selfish to have personal goals, but. Uh, you know, you've got anything in mind that, you know, you, you're working towards with this? Well, I want a new car. Which is what was one of my aims this year. It's like my kids are getting bigger, like the 10, 6 and 4. And on, like honestly, the race at which they grow, like my aim this year was to get a new car. But obviously with like being made redundant, that makes it a bit harder. Um, and it's finding those funds from wherever you can. Um, other person, I just want to get fitter. I've not liked the way, like, I've I've aged really, <laughs> at thirty two, and like running yesterday, I, was, I just felt slow. And I know lockdown is a massive effect. Like, cause I've been a chef, been a teacher, worked in like food, food factory. I've always been on my legs, constantly throughout the day, and this has got the longest time I've ever sat down. And like muscle wastage is massive, and I just want to get fitter. I um, I know I'm not going to be skipping down the road feeling like the happiest person in the world every day, but I want to be able to feel, just wake up and feel good, and go outside, have a coffee, just enjoy the sun, and not have a hangover, or feel bad. I want to get up in the morning and be productive. I want to 
I think one of the big things I will do in the next few weeks is just decorate the house as much as possible. Um, just so I've got somewhere nice to sit and enjoy. And when I come in, I think I painted one of the walls the other day and I thought, I, t I totally forgot about an hour later and walked in and went, oh, that looks good. And you know, it's little, yeah. just little things that do just make you feel a bit better. Spend money on more stuff for the kids, be able to take them out more so they can enjoy themselves because they're obviously going through a tough time as well. Um, the older ones understand our situation a bit more than the youngest one, the four-year-old, but mm -hmm. they deserve attention and time and like my time and for me to not drink and feel better about myself. Hopefully that will make them more positive. For sure. I, I think having um, that, that goal, that mindset of being that kind of the better parent and I use the word, uh, the, the word better probably isn't a good way to describe it because um, I know for a fact you, you're a great parent, but like all these, like all things, you know, m making micro adjustments to your lifestyle has knock on effects to everything. Um, you know, po I'd say more accessible parent. Yeah. Yes. Or in interactive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm always there. I'm, I might be sat with them, but I'm a lot more switched on now and a lot more accessible to them. And it's going to make yeah, a huge definitely. difference to them in their relationship with you and also mm. you know potentially their relationship with alcohol going down the line and there's a lot of 100 percent. there's a ton of research and and you know uh, uh scientific kind of studies going into you know our when you look at our relationship with alcohol and our first memories of it you know yeah. it was our parents drinking and it was kind of our parents drinking that kind of got us almost together as friends because they were socializing we yeah. were socializing um uh, is it their is it their fault we're doing this podcast <laughs> now because they because <laughs> they used to sit there djing with each other until two o'clock in the morning if you're listening mum, it's not your fault don't no we? it's not I, 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 I think i think society media and lots of other factors go into it but it play you know um uh the 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 effect you, you know your parents and, and you're there you know what you see what you experience with 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 them is obviously going to play yeah. a role you know for better or worse um in in these situations so um it's interesting i've i've always had this you, you sometimes you see these parents and, and being a, a photographer I, I see every possible kind of parent you know the, oh, the, yeah. there's no two parents that are ever <laughs> the same and there's different techniques and there's different children um but you know every now and again i'll i'll get a family in and i'll think god you're a good dad you know i'm you know I'm, mm. I'm so shit at parenting compared to you just because they're so engaged they're so involved they're you know the eye contact's better their um emotional connection is is way better and you, mm. you know you get kind of parent envy um and you know i i, I don't i don't know what their situation is but you, you know you, you're always going to have that thing of like Maybe if I didn't drink, I'd be more engaging and I'd, yeah. I'd, and I'd do more, uh, you know, but be more interactive and, and do do more stuff. I've totally, and I think I've mentioned this in, um, you know, episodes in the past where I, you know, getting up in the morning after, you know, a, a medium to heavy night drinking, um, usually on my own, which is kind of sad. You know, I probably had five hours sleep sometimes, you know, because yeah. kids wake up when they wake up. You can't tell them to go back to bed all the, all the time. Um, you know, sat down and, and I'm thinking of some way to escape. I'm thinking, right, let's put some TV on. 
and I'm, daddy's going to make yeah. a coffee and we're going to sit there and watch TV and I'm going to look at my phone for the first half an hour because I've got zero energy and zero um, get up and go to, um, you know, to, 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 you know to, to engage with you. And the difference ever since, you know, taking a booze break has been so different. You know, first thing in the morning, a lot of times I'm awake before my daughter, which is really helpful because when, you know, when she's coming into our room, I'm there ready to, you know, let's go, let's go and do some stuff. Let's go grab breakfast. Let's have some fun. Um, But what I noticed, and this was a bit of a eureka moment for me as well, was I got up with her in the night. I think it was two nights ago now, something like that. And she's she comes she's she's coming out of bed in, in her night in the night a little bit and um you know so I'd, I'd take her back to bed and i would you know put her down and i can see she's just wide awake she's lying down her eyes yeah. are open i'm thinking jesus she's not going to bed she's not going to sleep <laughs> anytime soon and, and i just remember thinking i'm okay with that i can stay here yeah. I can, i've got the energy to do this um you know i'm uh, it's not a big deal if if we're up for the next hour i'm okay with that because that's totally a part of being a parent and why not why not enjoy it um whereas yeah. my mindset before would have been totally different i'd have been i'd have been internalizing that and thinking please just go to fucking bed you know just yeah. just go to sleep 100%. so i can get back because i feel like crap and i'm begging you just go to sleep and uh, yeah, it's it's um, it, it's amazing that the the difference. I went on a, off on a bit of a tangent there, but it's amazing the the difference you can have when it comes to relationships and and especially uh, especially being a parent. But when you yeah. when you're alcohol free, it makes a huge difference. Right, hundred percent. Just when I was running yesterday, I was like, I just want to be as fit as possible. I want to be around the kids for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. I talking like twenty, thirty years, forty years time. I want to still be able to will be alive yeah and if i keep keep drinking like i am now then something's gonna give up at some point so you need to just it's all about getting that positive relationship with alcohol again Mm -hmm. not having that need or but the first stage is just to absolutely cut it out i feel um so the big test will be where restaurants open up again and they're more socializing goes on with your friends not to fall into those traps of oh just have a drink just have a drink Mm -hmm. now i know there will like i say there will be times in the future i will drink yeah but it's not going to be the norm it's not going to be i'm just going to buy these beers for today because i don't want to drink by myself anymore i I want it to be a celebration of some sort someone's birthday someone's wedding um celebrating a new job just opening a bottle of champagne or something not celebrating a new job and opening three bottles of gin or something ridiculous yeah to the point where you can't stand up or or just drinking for no reason you know uh it's uh, that's the tough thing for me is is just you know you get into that habit you get into that routine and unfortunately for me that was i think this is why i you know I need to take an extended um, break from alcohol because they were the bits that I enjoyed the most. Uh, I mm. was never really a social drinker. Um, you know, I, I would have a drink, but I, I wasn't, you know, I was, I've always been less bothered about going out of the weekends. Um, more interested in having a couple over and tucking into a couple of bottles of red and some good whiskeys or something like that. Um, and, but 
you know, the, the things that I in, I used to enjoy was I'm looking forward to Wednesday because that's when this particular show's on. And what I'm going to do is mm. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have a bottle of red while that show's on, and then I'll have a couple of whiskeys afterwards. And I'm going to watch some YouTube and and mm. kind of delve into that. And Kate's going to go to bed, and I'm going to have the 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 you know the living room to myself to watch some YouTube and geek out and just you know be my own person. <laughs> that was the that that was the kind of drinking rituals that I enjoyed the most, as opposed to like like birthdays and weddings and 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 stuff like that. I would still drink them, but um, yeah. But it's I think it's being being able to get to a stage where either that is severely reduced, or mm. you know you can factor that stuff in and you know be aware and be mindful of what you're doing and be able to take it or leave it. Um, and I think yeah, moderation d- didn't work for me. Um, and I, I, get, oh, no. I get the sense that it was the same for I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 100% or nothing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just go out and just have one or two drinks. I'd, something would just click in my head and it will be like, drink as much as you possibly can mm-hmm. until you have to go home. Mm-hmm. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a casual couple of pints. It would always be, right, next one, next one, next one. Yeah. And constantly push myself. Now, I don't know if that's part of my personality. It's always like push myself to that point, but when it comes to drinking you don't really want that involved um so that's why at the moment i've not drank any non-alcoholic beer mm. because it's i'm trying to break the cycle of wanting to sit down and drink a beer does that make sense i'd completely Whereas understand that I, yeah i want to get to the point where i buy some and they live collecting dust for a couple of weeks and then i'll get around to a mate's house and i might drink it mm. um i don't want to get to but that's probably why I've been buying loads of fizzy cans of pop from Aldi. But there we go. <laughs> Just for that kind of... You've got to cross one, that, one bridge yeah. where, you know, at, at a time, I think, in, in, in that scenario, haven't you? You know, I, think, I don't think you can fix everything. I think it's fair to say, we, you know, we aren't um, alcoholics you know we're not we're not addicted mm. and, and reliant on alcohol it's just it's just become a, um, you know, a little bit more difficult to 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 moderate you know it's I, I i think of this as like and, and i think I, I i tailor this podcast towards the people who are in that kind of middle ground a bit like me uh and uh, you know and people who just drink once a week or whatever um you know but uh, it's funny how you come out of this uh you know th- this sort of situation you take a booze break and realize you're addicted to sugar you know like, how did that happen yeah <laughs> First, I want to give a quick shout out to the good folks over at One Year No Beer. One Year No Beer have been instrumental during my booze break journey. I signed up to the 90 day challenge on there and the help that both Ruri, Andy, as well as the One Year No Beer Facebook group have given throughout this time has been so valuable. By signing up, I was given access to a ton of helpful resources as well as their amazing Facebook community with over 20,000 members. I get an email first thing every morning with a video highlighting a helpful tip or useful strategies to use throughout the day. Watching these has been such a positive way to start my morning routine and I can't thank them enough. I love One Year No Beer so much that I reached out to them recently and they kindly agreed to help support me in the podcast, which I'm so grateful for. So if you're interested in following in my footsteps and taking on either a 28-day, 90-day or 365-day challenge, you can head over to my website and on the homepage there'll be a One Year No Beer banner that you can click on and sign up for your challenge. I can highly recommend the guys at One Year No Beer and by signing up through my website you'll be helping to support the show, which would really mean a lot to me. But for now, back to the episode. We were talking about, uh, you know, upcoming social situations uh, where, yep. you know, p- potentially you may want to drink, potentially you may not want to, hmm. uh, especially during this booze break. 
have you got any concerns about that? You know, these the, the social pressure, the beer pressure of uh, kind of you know going into those situations and the stick that you might get or you know whatever. Yeah, hundred percent. So me and my friends were all, we're, yeah, we give each other a lot of stick every day. Like our WhatsApp is, if the government got it, they'll probably arrest mm-hmm. us all for the amount of stuff we say to each other. But I know one of my close friends, Sam, he just totally detoxed throughout the whole of lockdown and his first drink was on Saturday night and he was sick the next day. Oops. Sorry, Sam, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, but that's what it is. You but it, I said to him, I bet it was like being like 18 and having your first drink on that out again. Like your body's not used to it and it wanted just to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And so we was sick. Um, but I know, I think that's when I will incorporate non-alcoholic beers. So I f- can feel I'm still fitting in and things like that. I think part of it deep down in me is I don't think I'm a fun person unless I drink in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So it, that will take. That will probably be the hardest bit for me. I, th- I think, and it, a thing with that is, is you've not, you've not actually been. Te- you've probably never been tested in that regard, have you? <laughs> for a long time, you know, you've never, you've never tested, you never tested that fact. No, cause I think every situation since I was about sixteen, when we used to get around to have parties at people's houses, drink was always involved. Yeah. No, I'd like to think that I, I am quite a sociable, fun person, but I've never done it without alcohol. Yeah. So we'll see. I think the last situation social you saw me in was Joe's wedding. Yeah, yeah, a friend of ours' wedding. Yeah, and that was that. That was a very heavy night. Um, up to about four o'clock in the morning, still drinking. Then back up at seven, which I, <laughs> yeah, I felt rough or horrible the next day. And then you've got to look after the kids, and it's tough. But I know I could. Do, I'd like to think I can do those situations because I, I know I can still hold up a conversation with all my friends and have a laugh and take the mick out of who we need to which is always quite easy with some people um, and just enjoy a social situation without having to get absolutely smashed Yeah, which norm- is normally what happens it's it it's difficult i imagine you know when you when you've built up this relationship and and this social circle with with people mm. that's revolved around heavy drinking you know when you get yeah. when you get together um especially if you've come through things like university and and things like that um and you've you know you don't you've never known these people sober you know uh, necessarily in social situations mm. uh and you know you're the one person that changes that it's you know i, I imagine that can that can be difficult for some people uh, and like you say, it's it's getting into the mindset of you know, can I can I still be this party animal? Can I can I make it? Can I mm. can I prove a point that I can be exactly the same Luke, with or without mm. beer? Except it, this new version uh, can still get up on the Sunday and have a good time, <laughs> and uh, you know, and and, and eat breakfast comfortably, uh, and things like that. But it, it's a, it's a tough one, and you know, I so far. Neither of us have been tested on that because we are currently in lockdown. You know, social situations, are, unless they're virtual, have kind of gone out the window a little bit. Um, yeah. But I'm ter- I'm terrified of weddings. You know, it's, it's the one time I've got to be five pints in before I get on that dance floor, you know? So oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, and I don't want to be the guy that doesn't dance, at, you know, at every wedding. And <laughs> um, so... 
it, I think it's one of those things that you, you do have to test, but uh, there, there are, you know, the, I think you, you go in with a plan, you go in with a mindset, or you go in, like you say, with, with things like placebos, like non-alcoholic beers, you know, you, you become yes. more socially accepted because, not, you know, especially the way that non-alcoholic beers are going these days, first of all, they're, they're tasting great, finally, um, mm. but also they look like beer. You know, yeah, pop, yeah, pop yeah. that in a glass. No one to know the difference. No awkward questions. It's not. It's not right for everyone. Just like you know, you mentioned that they can be triggering, and uh, for some people that you know, it's it's better to just completely stop alcohol and related products and just go on to something completely different. Um, you know, it's not the way that I've gone, but I can totally appreciate why some people would would want to do that, and um, you know, can just completely cut out everything just go to whatever pop sparkling water nothing you know um but yeah they're 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 the the moments that we're we're going to be tested but i do think having a game plan having a mindset going into those kind of situations um is going to be crucial to 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 that kind of stuff i think if you are you need the backup of someone with you yes to kind of help you through that Mm -hmm. Because it could be quite easy to cave in those situations. Oh yeah, beer pressure is um, terrible. But like I say, it's like if you're all stood around, like with your mates in the garden or at a barbecue, what to do with your hands if you don't have a drink? It, like I say, that's when you need something to help you with it. Yeah. Um, it's like for, is that like if you just want to cheers your mates? What are you going to do? Just high five them instead? I don't know. You need to. It's something that's ingrained in that culture, and it's. It's odd at times, isn't it, that yeah. you are expected to drink no matter what you do or where you go, and it's it's those social pressures. Oh yeah, I I, I think the, the you know the interesting thing is you know if you re- if you really look into it, it's everywhere. Alcohol's influence yeah. is literally everywhere. Media, social media, um, friendships. Um, you know, people take offence to you not drinking. And and you just you know this why what what difference does it make to 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 you whether whether I'm not drinking or not There's a lot of psychology behind that which I have been delving into a little bit. I think it makes people kind of bring up their own relationship with alcohol in their own minds. You know I think if everyone's doing the same as them, it be, it becomes positively reinforced yeah. uh, to some extent. Whereas you know if if you're if you're inadvertently putting their decisions into question. People don't like that. No, definitely not. Even though you don't mean to. No. I think one of the big questions will be on these situations, they would probably say, what's wrong with you? Mm. It's like, well, why are you assuming there's something wrong with me? Because I've stopped drinking. Yeah. Maybe it's because I just don't need to or want to, and then it straight away alienates them. Yeah. So then they get defensive, and that's kind of where the friction starts. I've been there. I've totally bullied people into drinking before. You know, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel comfortable having them around my house for, for for an evening. I didn't feel. I'm like, you sure you don't want to drink? You know, leave your car. It's absolutely fine. We'll pick you up in the morning. Um, you know, they're like, no, no. And you know, I feel, uh, now I feel so bad because sometimes they'll cave, and, and you think, oh, they just yeah. totally ruined the. You know, if they if they, <laughs> if they were just trying to have a little break or behave themselves, or they had a big day the next day or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it totally ruined that for them. So. Uh, yeah, it definitely opens your mind up to the social situations, um, for sure. So, um, actually, going off that topic um, and kind of segueing uh, from that, you know, 
that there are going to be uh, potential situations where you know you are going to come across friction uh, when it comes yeah. to um, you know not drinking in social situations. Uh, you know, I don't know how vocal you've been about it, but have you if you see received a lot of positive um, you know, support from family members or friends? Have you spoken about it at all? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, especially with my friends, I spoke to her about uh, my drinking during lockdown. Mm-hmm. And like her response was, yeah, it's understandable. You've got a lot going on, you're stressed. So you get positive reinforcement for drinking there, which yeah. um, is odd. But then I spoke to her today and said, I'm doing this podcast and I've stopped drinking. She said, oh, it's really good. So you get positive. Like if, if you actually speak to people, they will give you positive and say, that's good, take a break, it's good for you. Um, so far, it has been positive for whoever I spoke to. It's good. Um, which is good, but I feel that's kind of a shift in social norms for people at the moment and quite a lot of people probably are wanting to stop drinking and need that support and help and just trying to find it in a positive way possible like knowing that I was doing this podcast is another thing that helped me make sure I stopped drinking um it's finding those daily wins isn't it yeah i, I think uh, you'd be a bit disappointed if you had a couple of beers the night before you feel like a bit of a fraud wouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have a couple of beers a bit stressed about this podcast <laughs> you would you would though wouldn't you it's you've got it's finding something to help you so say if you went to like aa mm-hmm. it might be stigmatized as a bit of a disease that you've a lifetime disease that you're an alcoholic when that might not be the case. Maybe you just want to cut down, you just want to stop. Um, so there's no real middle ground between or anything out there to really help people, especially, say, young males like us. And my wife said this the other day. She was like, there's nothing really for young males to kind of take hold and find useful in this area. Mm-hmm. You're either stigmatized with the AA, which you might not want, or if you do just want to cut down, there's not no real podcast or health like put like a support network yeah support yeah mm. um because young men like we're quite defiant at times like no there's nothing wrong with us we'll do yeah. what we want um we don't need any help trying to put on a persona of that's been built up in society that we don't need help but yeah at times we do and it's finding a good place to access that or listen to it or i think there needs to be a bigger platform for us. I think, yeah, you've you've nailed it on the head, uh, you know, uh, there in the fact that there, there is definitely less support for um, this kind of, uh, this this branch of middle middle of the road to slightly heavier, um, potentially drinkers. There's, uh, and again, I, I don't think this, there's not a very good definition of what an alcoholic is. I think it's a, it's a self-diagnosed um, disease. Uh, and disease probably isn't even the right word. I'm sure, in fact, I'm sure it's not. Um where you know like there's there's levels of everything there's there's a scale yeah. um there's a gradient of you know well th- this person this person's an alcoholic because they drink in the day but um you know but they can still function whereas i i you know let's say i'm this kind of person i only drink in the evening but my, my relationship's awful with my wife and i've got no yeah. i've got you know i got fired from work because uh, or whatever um there's uh you know there's, there's always going to be gradients with this but um what I found, I mean, I have found a lot of great support um, for, mm. for, for the for the middle of the road drinker. I will give a quick shout out to One Year No Beer. Um, I got pushed into, not pushed in, I got a nudge in um, One Year No no Beer's door 
um, by my lovely auntie Claire. Hello, Claire, if you're listening, uh, who's just celebrated her 365 days, no alcohol, um, which is amazing. I'm so proud of her. Nice, well done. Um, so she pushed me in the in the in the direction of uh, one year no beer, and this, that's a fantastic support system around this exact topic. And you know, it was it was perfect. I slotted in there absolutely perfectly. Um, yeah. You know, and it's I think it's it's that gap. And again, they're not talking about let's get sober. Let's just you know, um, it's not about complete abstination. Although some people will go down that route because they feel like it's necessary or that fits in with what they're doing. But the, it's, there was almost, I felt like there was no middle ground. There was, um, there was alcoholism. So you go to AA, yeah. you know, potentially. Yeah. There's a couple of other um, variants uh, of, you know, of that, that I know about that are, you know, based around support and help for people who are, you know, dependent on alcohol. Um, but there was nothing, there wasn't a great deal stopping the people who are getting to that stage or, or just a bit before or, or miles away, you know, there was, yeah. there was, there was nothing to kind of stop because I feel like, you know, once you, once you're at the stage of AA, it's, it's quite intense, isn't it? You know, and you get stigmatized and, um, you know, there's, there's that sense of, you know, these people have hit rock bottom as, and I know that's not the case for all of them, but, um, yeah, def- that, that, that's, yeah. There, was, there wasn't a filter. There wasn't a filter for the people that, that were getting to that stage. Um, so hopefully, you know, that that's what this podcast is about, but there's, and there's a lot of, um, there are, there are, um, a decent amount of, of great resources and support ne- mm. networks around, but there should definitely be more and there should definitely be more role models, um, within this as well. I'd say, like you say, role models is about building that social platform that it is fine not to drink. Mm. And maybe it's, you want to do one week, two weeks, a month, a year, two years or forever. It's about having people's stories or the support that is okay. Yeah. And your information out there of how to do it the best. Because like I say, once again, everyone's different. People are going to do it in different ways. A bit of a side note that, that just, just popped into my head um, was, you know, you mentioned that you stopped smoking a while ago. How long ago was that? I stopped, uh, I stopped smoking properly when Meg was pregnant with Isaac. Well, when Isaac was born. Okay. Um, so six years ago. Uh, it was more of like a driving thing. So when, when years ago, I used to smoke. I used to get in my car. The first thing I'd do is like a cigarette. Yeah, I couldn't even think about doing oh, that now. Yeah, it seems alien to me to walk into my car and smell smoke. Now I'd probably be sick. It's yeah, and it, it, yeah, the, the reform smokers are the worst, aren't they? Because we hate it. It's it's almost and you know, everybody's free to free to do what they want. I'm not going to judge. But um, yeah, it's it's not it's not anywhere near as socially acceptable uh, accepted. But what's interesting, yeah. I found about you know about, about smoking when I really looked into this was anytime you want to quit smoking, all you will get is positive responses to that um, yeah. to that decision. You, uh, I'm trying to quit smoking. Oh, fantastic, mate! Let me just go over here. I, w- I won't I won't smoke around you. That's fantastic. Um, and yet you say to someone, I want to stop drinking. I want to have a break from drinking. Uh, I guarantee you not all of those responses will be positive. No, you'll get, what, do you want to do that for? Why are you doing that? It's like, well, that's my decision. It should be my decision. It is it's it, it is and has always been a way bigger killer than smoking ever was. Hmm. Absolutely, 100%. And uh, there's so many illnesses related to it, um, you know, 
when, when you think of cancer, you, uh, sorry, when you think of smoking, um, all, all you have ever thought about was lung cancer, you know, and that was, yeah. you know, it's horrible. Uh, my granddad died of um, throat cancer and he was a big smoker. And, you know, you associate that uh, and you think, uh, you know, th- there's all, all of these kind of like negative connotations when it comes to smoking, but we don't really think of any of that stuff when it comes to alcohol. You think, no, why? No, no. Why, why, why is that? And why is it so difficult to stop? And why does everyone hate it when I try and quit drinking or have a break yeah. or something? Why, why is it a, a topic of um, like uh, humor, you know? Yeah. Well, I was just feeling bloated every day with drinking. It was, it's like I was pregnant. It was awful. <laughs> I just had this little round belly. <laughs> I was like, where's this come from? Yeah. This is, I, 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 one, I just, I know I'm going, if I just stop drinking, I'm going to feel more comfortable just sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> it's mental. Um, I've definitely deflated. Quite surprising to me. To, oh, yeah. yeah you, you definitely deflate when you've, uh, uh, when you stop drinking. It's fantastic. You get that instant gratification yeah. that although you may not have lost any weight, although I have, um, you look, you look better. You look, certainly look healthier. <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, on that subject, have you noticed any, you know, big health changes, um, you know, just, just by taking this short break? Uh, no back pains. That's good. So no kidney pains, which is always positive. Are, are kidneys, um, are kidney, am I right in saying kidneys are on the left? Are the kidneys on the left or both sides? Both sides. Both sides. Okay. Liver's on your left, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so. I'm pretty sure my, if, if I'm, I'm, I'm under the impression that your liver's on your right, but, um, and if it, and yeah, if it isn't, time. I've had a totally wrong diagnosis, um, and I've been cradling whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever pain that is. It wasn't my liver, but yeah. No, um, no, it's kidneys at the back, aren't they? So you get like lower back pains and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been sleeping better. Great. Like I say, my my belly's deflated massively. I can actually get my pair of shorts back on now. <laughs> Um, and after four runs, I've lost weight, which is right. good because it's all like all just water retention. Yeah. And, and again, that, that knock on effect, isn't it? You know, you've got time, you've got the energy. Why not go for a run? Why mm. not do some exercise? Um, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's all beneficial. So, what, what day are you on now then? Are you counting them up? Six or seven today. Six or seven. So, you're through, you're through that really tough bit, those, those first three or four days when. cravings are horrible like you say your body's adjusting to it alcohol probably at this stage has completely left your system um which is great um so you are i'm no scientist but i'm pretty sure you're alcohol free at that stage what's your what's your goal have you got have you got a day have you got an amount of days in mind no it mine's like a i say a lifetime goal Mm -hmm. it's all to it's all about me having a positive relationship with alcohol and being in control as long as I'm in control, and mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of like pressing that reset button. Yeah. And if I'm going to go out for a meal, it doesn't mean I'm going to have to have a drink. I make that choice. So before I was saying, oh, I'm an adult. I can drink if I want to. And I'm kind of justifying myself in that way, which is totally wrong. Whereas now it's all about pressing that reset. It's that conscious decision, that mind, mindful yeah. act of this is, this is exactly what I'm going to do. These are the consequences. I'm taking them, um, but I'm doing that in a mindful way uh, yeah. and, and I'm totally it's, in control. Because what I want to do is not drink every day. Mm-hmm. I want to break that normal cycle. I want to wake up in the morning and the last thing on my mind should be 
what time am I going to drink? Mm-hmm. Or what shall, what shall I buy from the shop? Yeah. What alcohol shall I get? Or shall I treat us to some gin? Or that's, I don't want to have, ever think like that. It should be the last thing I think about that day. Like, oh, maybe I will have this. Yeah. So that's kind of my final moment, really. It's like I want a positive relationship. It's breaking that thing I learned 17 years ago when I had that first tropical reef <laughs> of I'm at a party, I'm going to drink, which I learned from a very young age. Yeah. So it's I'm going to a party. I know I'm going to be fine socially. I can still interact with people. I can still drive home at the end of it. It's about getting that positive relationship. Well, I think you're doing an amazing job, mate. I will say you look fantastic. You look very healthy. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm super pleased for you. I hope I hope you I hope you continue. I hope you do well. I hope you'll get in uh, in touch if um, you know if you, if you need a any any. I'm sure you've got enough support in your life, but um, I'd love I'd love to see how your journey progresses. Um, yeah, definitely. And I really appreciate you coming on the show, mate. It's been really nice to chat to you. To I mean, it's been it's it's, it's been a good, good amount of time. We've we've delved into some really good to- topics there. So uh, maybe we can check in again. You know, yeah, six definitely. months six months um, down the line. See how you're getting on. See yeah. see if you know if if uh, if things have changed. If uh, if you know if you've progressed and if your relationships changed and how you're doing at that point. Hundred percent. Yeah, no. Thank you for having me on. It's been enjoyable. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Cheers for that. Love it, mate. Thank you so much for that, Luke. Good to see you, mate. Thank you. All right. Have a good day, Dan. See you later. Bye. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Luke. It was a little longer than my usual episodes, but I feel like we went into some really interesting topics and scenarios. Hopefully you got some useful information from it. The big takeaway for me was that no matter what hardships life throws at you, and there will be a lot down the road, I'm sure, alcohol isn't the answer to dealing with those challenges. It only numbs or delays your feelings until the effects wear off at which point those anxieties and negative emotions are amplified due to the effects of boozing so be careful and try to keep a clear head when you're dealing with those stresses in your life it'll make them a hell of a lot easier to deal with thanks again for taking the time to listen to the booze break podcast i'd love it if you could subscribe and be notified when new episodes are available i'm currently aiming to release new episodes on monday mornings on a sort of fortnightly basis Also, if you're feeling kind, it would mean a lot to me if you could leave me a positive review over on iTunes uh, and share this podcast with someone who you think might enjoy it. For now, though, thank you so much for listening. I will see you in the next one. Peace.